Hello there and welcome to the Alstein Film Podcast, where we talk the latest in blockbuster film and TV. This week we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined by my co-host John. How are you this week? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you, you always bring such raw energy. Like, we always know whether a film is going to be good based on the reaction that you bring to yeah. the, the first because part of the week. Every time we talk about a bad film, you know how I'm going to sound like. You'll be like, oh. Yeah, this week we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp that came out in 2018, the same year as Infinity War. Yeah, um, in fact, it was the next film after Infinity War. They really went from Infinity War to this. Yay. So bizarre. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. If, you want, if you want to go a step further, they went from Black Panther to Infinity War to this. We, you know, we've done an episode on Black Panther. It's fantastic. And then they went, that's good. Let's make Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> Why not? Sure. To start us off, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Those who do not know this film, you're very lucky. Okay. Despite being under house arrest, Scott Lang, along with the Wasp, sets out to help Dr. Hank Pym to enter the quantum realm as they face new enemies along the way. Oh, right. Short and simple. I like how they said Scott Lang and the Wasp. Not Ant-Man and the Wasp, not... Not Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, but specifically Scott Lang and the Wasp. Sure. Full spoilers ahead if anyone hasn't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and, you know, uh, want to. But uh, let's start. Let's start simple. What do you think? It was a movie. Definitely. Yeah, it's true. I sat there two hours, two minutes, and I cried. Not in a happy (laughs) way. I was like, why did I watch this film? This film was not good. That's very true. I want to start out by saying somewhat controversially... The title to this video is, Is Ant-Man and the Wasp the Worst Marvel Movie? A lot of people would say, yes, it is the worst Marvel movie. I disagree. I don't think this is the worst Marvel movie. I think there is worse out there. I prefer this to something like Far From Home. And actually, I preferred this to the first Ant-Man movie. Call me crazy, but I just had more fun with this film. Is it a good film? Hell no. (laughs) But I actually had fun with this one. And oh, I can't really say that for the first Ant-Man. So yeah. it gets points there. There are good elements in the film, some good elements. But if you just look at this film from a story standpoint, what the heck was this? <laughs> <laughs> Let's look into the story as a whole. So the story of this, it is so messy with everything that's happening all at once. It's got a pointless subplot. With, it's got with numerous the... pointless subplots. Yes, it's got numerous subplots. But there was one that I was really, really hoping. Well, I've seen the film already, but I haven't seen it for a while. I was like, oh, Ghost. I really liked oh, you yeah. know, the concept of Ghost. I thought that would be really worth exploring. No, you just get this guy, Sonny. You Sonny. Get, <laughs> oh, yeah, my you, God. You get him. We don't know why. And he somehow has a lot of information. I mean, he's got someone in the FBI. I mean, that's the whole thing that has like, oh, I know someone in the FBI. You are working with Dr. Hank Pym. And these characters come out of nowhere. I'm not joking. They will come out of nowhere. And they will know everything about the story so far. Like, they've just been reading the scripts or something like, yes, <laughs> I know where this character's going. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, look, so, so so let's, if we're starting off with the villains. Last week we spoke about the first Ant-Man and we talked about the hilariously bad, not even hilarious, just bad villain that is just Darren bad. Cross, yellow, yeah. yellow Jacket. I don't know why they decided to give this film two villains. What was the motivation behind that? I don't yeah, think it but, does anything for any yeah. of it, really. And their motivations are weird they don't really get consequence. Like, it's a weird story because you got 
too many things going at once. There's a lot of tonal shift throughout this film. We've got Paul Wood as Ant-Man, who's very comical. He wants to stay home, basically. And then you got an entire subplot with Ava wanting to be not a ghost with the molecules shifting all over the place. And then you got Luis, who wants to build his business. And then you got the crime lord, Sonny, who was into this whole thing as well. Would you call... Is he a crime lord? Is that what... I don't know. Restaurant guy? He's a restaurant guy. We don't know any about him. Honestly, for what is a pretty boring character, you got to give it to Walton Goggins for making him the funniest guy. He is just... An absolute. No, this is why I like this movie more than the first because it was just balls to the wall, batshit crazy. It was just, yeah. it was mad. And things like Walton Goggins just hamming it up the whole time. Yeah. I just had fun with that. Is he yeah. a good character? No. no. Do any of his decisions make any sense? No. no. Does his stake in the plot make any sense? No. no. <laughs> but I thought he was really funny. I don't even yeah. think intentionally. I just think that that was great. It's like in the first film, we have this whole like tension between Scott and Paxton, who is Cassie's stepdad, right? In this yeah. film... Paxton's just like this big guy is like, I love you, Scott. I love you. And they're having family hugs. It's just stupid. Like, why? It's just funny in a stupid way. And that's not, I don't know. That's not necessarily a compliment. I want to talk about Ghost very quickly because they they tried so hard to make her a good villain. She has the most basic tragic backstory ever. She's like, oh, my parents were scientists and they died in a fire and and now I have these powers and I hate myself and I hate Hank Pym. It's your fault. Like, wow, it's paper thin. It really is. Her whole, like, and Hannah John Carmen, who plays her, good actor can genuinely do some good stuff yeah, with good material, yeah. is not given anything. She has one scene where she talks about her motivation. Other than that, she's just there. As a physical force, she's quite cool. She's got a different power to Ant-Man, which is more than the first movie can say. But, like, what, what, what is she even doing? She's so desperate in getting fixed. And then, at the end, Janet comes and is like, Hey, it's me, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> also known as Jesus. Come here, my child. Let me heal you with my special powers. Like, what? Huh? Yeah. Excuse me? That is the weirdest bit of the film. She's just like, hey, I got powers. I can totally fix this. And I'm like, oh, that was easy. And by the way, we only get to explore like this whole quantum realm at the end of the film. We've been through so many subplots trying to get her mum back. And then, like, two hours later, you got them. Oh, the mother. Yes, we must save Michelle. We must save her. That's it. Yeah. The film just goes off at a tangent, really. Oh, no. We need an Ant-Man suit. Oh, well, I hid one. I hid one in this trophy. And it's at my daughter's school. So I guess I'm going to do some shenanigans at my daughter's school. Way. We need the quantum realm tech. Yeah, here's the bit that's really confusing me. How the heck are there, like, different quantum tech? Because I'm thinking, didn't Hank Pym design all the stuff? Yeah, uh, right. Pym particle <laughs> stuff, like quantum tech. And then somehow, Sonny's like, I know someone that can do this. That's a really good yeah. point. How? I'm like, this is such a weird tangent because I thought this was going to be an emotional story about hope reunite with the mother. And that's the end mm-hmm. of the film. And there's no arc at all. There's no... <laughs> There's no, John. No there is no character yeah. development. There's nothing <laughs> apart from the ant 
the ant in the film who lives in the house all that time. He just lives and he just realizes that he's in the house and he can play drums. That's the true character arc. The ant yes. realizes, holy shit, I can play the drums now. And he becomes an international sensation. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the big thing that we're going for, right? You just said that Hope and Janet don't reunite until the end of the they movie. Do. Oh, they do. Yes, they do. They oh technically do. I'm, I'm but this is literally the most annoying thing. The big reunion between Hank and his wife and Hope and her mum is when Scott Lang, to a lesser extent, Paul Rudd, is possessed by the spirit of Janet Van Dyne. To a lesser extent, Michelle Pfeiffer. So we have Paul Rudd playing Michelle Pfeiffer in this really weird scene, which is like a heartfelt acting as if it isn't the stupidest thing ever. Like, where's the emotion? Where's the tangibility yeah, exactly. in, this, in this interaction? And then when she comes back, she's like, oh, I guess we already met. And it's like, <laughs> what? Hello, Miss Van Dyne. It's me, Paul Rudd. It's like, yes, what? Uh, I forgot about that. There was no emotional pinpoint in the film. This is like the same thing as the first one, like barely any character development. Oh, and the weirdest part was when Hank Pym was really annoyed. Well, Hope and Hank was annoyed at Scott bringing the suit in Civil War, which is only explored in dialogue about like, hey, I can't believe you took that to Germany. And we don't really explore the whole three years living in home and then realizing was it a mistake or was he trying to do something for everybody that's so prominent in the first half of the movie and then it kind of just slips away they could really deal with scott's selfishness in yes. a lot of this he <laughs> he is <laughs> like like you know there's a point where he's like oh i have to leave this dire situation because otherwise the fbi will find out that i'm not at home and it's like well what's the point of that with michael douglas's character he was annoyed at scott for taking the suit and then when he gets the suit back, he's not annoyed at all. See, now you're assuming that the characters are going to be consistent, but this is Ant-Man, John. The characters aren't consistent. <laughs> they literally <laughs> make that, that, zero that's my sense. Proof. That's my proof of being the... You know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. Can... Let's talk about the FBI for a moment, because <laughs> the annoying thing is, is that this movie, it's got so much going on to the point where to get this case and to get this 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 lab, I guess, you've got like three or four different factions going in. And there's a point where Sonny is like, I've got a guy on the inside in the FBI. And I'm like, okay, that's clearly going to be Jimmy Woo because we've already set him up as a character. And that makes the most sense for him to be the guy because he already has some sort of connection to Scott. But no, yeah. it's just this random FBI agent who, as you said earlier, just is introduced to the plot, knows everything going on. And Jimmy Woo is his boss. What is the point of having two FBI people? Why not condense them into the same character? I know that you want to have Randall Park, who is charming and lovely, and you want to have him in one division, but why don't you just have the same character? Like, the pointlessness of so much of this. Why? This goes to Lawrence Fishbond's character, who is just there. He's Bill just Foster, there. everybody. Bill Foster. Here he is. As Goliath. Well, he's not a Goliath in the film. He used to be Goliath, apparently. He used to be Goliath. That could be explored. No, it's just mentioned through dialogue. And this is one of the first things when Marvel's just like adding characters like Ironheart in Wakanda Forever. Like we're just seeing them. Yeah. Do you really need these characters or are you just putting them in for shits oh, and giggles I, for I, later? I remember this character from the Marvel comics. Yes, I remember. Whoa. Oh well, my you literally, my trailer thought was, oh, it's Bill Foster. And then I started thinking about Goliath. And then I started thinking about Civil War. So yes. if anything, the film the film made me think of some a, a better comic. I'm just like, oh, I should read Civil War again. What oh, a great Civil comic! War. That was brilliant, a really interesting comic. That 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 was a great, comic, fantastic. Actually. I'm sure next year before Captain America four, we'll do 
the movie Civil War, but it's so interesting how that comic has so many different like, applications. And almost, the MCU has almost wasted the original Ant-Man, the original yeah. Wasp, and the original Goliath. Like, you can't do anything with any of those characters now because they were all in the past and you'd have to de-age the characters. Speaking of de-aging, though, oh my god, they de-aged three people in this movie. Like, calm down, guys. You can't yes. cast old actors just so you can de-age them. Come on. Come on, you can use someone else that looks like them. That could have been a lot easier, but they're like, no, let's de-age them. Yes, let's spend more money. It's this weird thing that Hollywood are doing. The Mandalorian season three is, is out very, very soon. And it's like what they did with Luke Skywalker in that show. It would have been 10 times, 100 times better if they just recast him. But no, they had to just make this really weird CGI thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, man. Wait a minute. I'm just looking at the cast. I think that was a mistake. It says Langston Fishburne and he plays Bill Foster. Is that Lawrence Fishburne's son or something? Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe it was a body double. Yeah, I think it was a body double. Yeah. See, anyway. what's the... Wow, why? It's just... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just this... It, it, it's a similar thing that you get with AI arts recently oh yeah um it just it, it's just a bit odd as we talked about the characters that are reflected in the comics they're nothing really like them if you know what i mean like if you've read civil war you know you got these characters like hank pym and hope you know i actually think that hope was created for the movies i don't know if hope was Wait, a character no, before I, no. that hope was in a marvel animated show oh okay interesting so i guess she's created for that then yeah she was created for that but I don't Interesting. think she was in comics. I don't know if I'm wrong or not, but when I was looking through the credits, as I looked through the writing, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. Six, six writers. Six screenplay writers. And guess oh, who's one of them? Who? Paul Wood. What? Yes. So you got wow. six people doing the screenplay. That is really weird because I'm thinking, is this why the movie's that messy? Because there was too many writers? Marvel has a problem with this, with rushing things out and having a thousand different voices, thousand different writers, a thousand different executives and creatives all trying to mold this same thing. And everyone has a different idea of what works and what doesn't. And sometimes that works. The first Iron Man, the production, they were writing scripts on the day. And that film is amazing. Wait, and they on the they, day? That, that, yeah, yeah. The first Whoa. Iron Man, miraculous. The fact that that even worked is crazy, but it did work. But they're doing it a lot more than they should be. And you think about what James Gunn has said recently in his approach to the new DC universe. He said that, and I think this isn't just a thing for superhero movies, this should be a thing for every film, but he's saying, we're not going to rush out movies when the script isn't finished. We're going to make sure the script is done and then go into production. And it's so obvious that this film, which came out only, what, three years after the first one? Considering yeah. that you also had Ant-Man appearances in Civil War and you're trying to build towards Endgame. It's so clear that this production was rushed. Like, none of it feels like they've given any thought to any of it. And it's mad. The only thing that I genuinely think the film tries with is the action scenes. I actually really like the action. They took what worked for about the first movie and they put it in more tangible settings so it didn't just feel like it was a CGI landscape the whole time. And they also gave it more variety with the truck chases and the cars. That was really cool. I think Wasp flying also makes the action a lot more interesting. And the idea that they're fighting Ghost who can phase through things instead of just another shrinking thing. I thought that worked really, really well. But yeah. there's no real content. There's no real, like, meat to the story. Like, none of it works at yeah, all, none of it really. Works, 
Yeah, if you want to watch the Ant-Man films, the first two are not that important. I mean, unless you want to get into Quantumania and then understanding the whole lore about Infinity War and Endgame. But that's all it is. In the grand scheme, they just add lore. The Ant-Man movies just, they tell you who Ant-Man is, they tell you why he knows Falcon, why he's in Civil War, but they don't tell their own story. They don't really give you something that is worth exploring. I think the best MCU movies are Guardians 1 and 2. They do add to that growing lore, but they tell their own story and they do it well and they work as solo pieces. They're methodical with what they do. And these movies are just, I hate saying this, but it feels like they're just filler and they're not adding anything truly meaningful to the overarching story. When this came out, I'm sure you remember, John, but when this movie came out, nobody cared about the movie. They only cared about the post credit scene. Everyone's like, oh my God. Oh, everyone got snapped and Scott's in the quantum realm. What's going to happen? Why should that matter? That's supposed to be the fun little bit at the end, but you should be talking about the movie itself. No one was talking about the movie. It, What's the point? I remember when I was reading like IGN and Empire, they were talking about the movie like, yeah, 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 but post credit scene. Oh my God, the post credit scene. Oh my God, this is revolutionary. We're going to see something that has not been seen before. This is going to be like one in a million years. Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and the, the thing is though, you could basically just put that post credit scene as the post credit scene to Infinity War. And apart from Janet being there, not much has changed, really. It's the basic Ant-Man stuff. It, it's all it, you need it's to know. Nothing. you just like, okay, I want to get into Endgame and the whole snap thing. And like, just watch the post credit scene. There you go. Just, just watch the post credit scene. Yeah, basically. I mean, if you think about when this movie came out, this may be Marvel's biggest fumble ever. Well, it, it was, yes. They've, yes. they've fumbled quite a couple it times, was. in my opinion. Oh but my this is God. one of them. In the same way as it was a fumble to release the Black Widow movie after her death. Like, what? what? But this was a huge fumble because Infinity War shook everything up. And everyone was like, oh my God, this is huge. Everyone loves it because it's great. I hope. God, John, imagine if one day we rewatch Infinity War and it's bad. I don't know what I'll do. I don't uh, know what I'll do. I'll comfort you. You'll be like, it's Thank okay. You. Everything's okay. Thank you. Just, just, just read, just read the Civil War comic. There you go. I do. Weeping oh. tears with the comic book. Like, oh. Yes. Oh man, I haven't read that comic in years. It's possibly one of my all-time yeah. favorites. Yeah. Infinity War came out and everyone was so, so excited and they had an opportunity here. They had two films. They had Ant-Man and the Wasp and they had Captain Marvel. What does the world look like? What does the galaxy look like after the snap? Does Ant-Man and the Wasp explore that at all? No. No. What the... What? What? Why wouldn't you explore that? It could have done something so well. Something that is completely switching the tone from the first film and exploring, you know, this post-snap era. You know, like, at the end, it was literally so scary. The second post-credit scene. The TV's gone out. That's that emergency, stated emergency. And it's silence. It's so scary. It it was literally so scary. I agree. That's so good. And you get that that static noise, that that continuous beeping. Absolutely horrific. How, How yeah, how does the world react? That's so interesting. And this film could have easily been half of before the snap and then the other half of after the snap. One of the best scenes in Endgame is where Scott wakes up or comes back from the quantum realm and he is frantically searching for his daughter. And it's genuinely a really, like, gut-wrenching scene. You could have had that in this movie, but yeah. no. They just no. don't bother with it. They, they were it, like, 
Hey, let's do the funny Ant-Man. <laughs> people need a laugh. No, they don't. It's Marvel. If it's a good story, people will come back to it. And I think, you know, you prove that with things like Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Not necessarily a comedy fest, but people liked it because it's a good movie on its own merits. I just don't know why I watched... Well, we watched this anyway to talk we about did. the next film. And it's going to be different because the next film, I wonder if they're going to have that characters in, you know, like Luis or Kurt or... I don't uh, think they're going to be there, you know? No. I genuinely it's think so it's weird. just going to be... Yeah. Well, somebody on Twitter said that Quantumania is the first chapter in a bigger story and that it's it doesn't work as its own film or as the end of a trilogy, but it's good as the first chapter. It's like, what? Genuinely, I, I don't have high hopes for Quantumania. I, I booked my tickets the other day and, you know, I'm going on opening day and we'll do a podcast on it, but I'm not feeling confident at all. Yeah, I bet the reaction was just like, oh my God, this is like the best film of all time. <laughs> yes, but actually, I did see some more negative ones and I oh, think that's tell, interesting. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I don't remember what they say, but... Oh, come on, the... man. I'm, 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 I'm going to I'm gonna leave you like that. to see gonna, this film. You, but we you're going to have to watch it film. yourself. But yeah, like something's happening. I think people are beginning to get tired of Marvel's continuous stream of content because okay. it is tiring. It definitely it is, is tiring. tiring. And I saw today that some people think that, you know, Agent May from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, that's very like, out like, of like, context. Yeah, what? Yeah, well, yeah, well, it, it's it's in context. Just wait. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, not, that's I mean, Ming-Na Wen's character, for anyone yeah. who doesn't know. But yeah. some people think that from, from new footage that she's going to be in Secret Invasion. And it's like, I, I think all they care about now is what? bringing back old characters into new things. What? And like, that's going to make my it more interesting hurts. for us. My, my brain hurts. <laughs> um, she's she's gonna... a really cool character. He I'm not going to lie. She is a really cool character on the show. But Did you watch all of it? I gave up like the last season. Oh, wow. Nice. No, I, I, I respect it. Season. I think it was Gotta the season before. It. I'm not joking. It is one of the craziest things I've watched. Like, you think, oh, this is a normal thriller show that is going to be like pretty cool. But then years later, like, oh, it's not with Marvel still. Like, it's still association with it. And it goes. Yeah, I've heard some crazy shit. Like, I uh, watched seasons one and two. And then after that, I'm just like, what was going on? Oh, my God. You do not want to get into the madness of that because <laughs> they go worry, in space, they go in time, they go anywhere. I don't know how they meet Ghost Fighter, which is pretty cool. It was oh, really, cool, yeah. That was a good season. I remember that, that. season four, yeah, yeah. Ghost Fighter. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's get back to Asian May. She's in yeah. Secret Invasion. Potentially. People are <laughs> theorizing based off new footage. I don't really know. I saw it on Twitter, and as we all know, uh, Twitter never lies. Have a, it's going to be weird when people go, wait a minute, I thought Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't... Maybe it's a variant, something like that. Uh, I don't know. Okay. My point is, is that we're getting more Marvel stuff, and it seems like all they care about is bringing back old stuff and not telling... You these big stories all the marketing about quantum mania is oh witness the beginning of a new dynasty it's kang and it's like yeah kang is cool but i care more about telling a good story jonathan major's film oh man i can't wait for creed 3 i'm so excited i'm so excited like honestly ant-man whatever creed 3 now that michael b jordan have you heard about the fight scenes in creed 3 they're gonna be anime inspired that's incredible that's amazing that sounds awesome I hope it's great. I really do. I'm just looking at the writing credits for the next film. Oh, yeah? It's Jeff Loveness. I'm pretty sure that's who's writing Kang Dynasty. Yeah, he's writing Quantumania, so... Well, then. He's done a lot of accidents. That's like, no, accidents. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what? Sorry, I just... No, he's I just he's committed crimes! <laughs> no, I just looked at the title of what he wrote. So he made a lot of comedies. Oh, I it. see. Well, that's good news for the next Avengers film. 
Woohoo. I feel it in my bones. The best days of the MCU are, are far behind us. Far, far behind us. The MCU peaked in 2014, potentially. I guess we'll find out. Right, let's let's give our final thoughts on, on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, what are you going to give it out of 10? One. One? Oh my god. Bro, that's a... Uh, I've been that's, through pain! That's, that's a deep I've cut. been through everything in this film. I was like, okay, this film might not be too bad. I did not enjoy it. It's fair enough. I'm going to go for four, which is quite a bit above that. But I had fun. Yeah, I laughed. I laughed at it. I didn't laugh with it. I laughed at it. But there we go. You... Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh... Only one more to go. Only one more to go. And then we're going to have a great time and think about other things. I can't take any more Scotland jokes, please. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a shot in the new movie and it's like 100 Scotlangs. I just saw it and I'm like, what? what the fuck is this? So uh... confusing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you liked it, you can give us a thumbs up and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, we're going to be doing Quantumania. We're going to wrap it up and then we're going to move on to Shazam the week after that. So we've got some cool stuff coming and then we are going to be dipping in and out of the superhero stuff. We're going to cover Guardians of the Galaxy. So, you know, if that's what you're interested in, stick around. And if not, we've just got loads of cool stuff coming. And you can send us an email, tell us your thoughts on that among the wasps, tell us your thought on just the MCU and, and where we're going. Do you think Quantumania is going to be good? Hey, it's already out when this video comes out. No. Is Quantumania really good? No. Um, no. no? Alright, that's okay. And then, yeah, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at our same film pod as well. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> Are you excited about Quantumania? No. If so, why? Oh, you're not asking me. Okay. <laughs> you're asking them. You're asking me. Yeah. Leave a comment. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. We did not like this film. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.